Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hi, this is Josh Marshall, and this is the Josh Marshall Podcast. Today, we have a truly different kind of episode of this right. podcast because we are, we actually just spoke to Errol Morris, who, you know, the famous documentarian. Award winning, or Academy Award winning documentarian. Yeah, I mean, one of the, you know, one of the sort of the, the, you know, in recent decades, sort of the top, you know, top people in, in, in this craft. And he has this new uh, documentary out about Steve Bannon called American Dharma. And uh, Kate and David and I uh, watched it. And then we actually just did an interview with him. And it was pretty contentious. It was pretty <laughs> It was kind of wild. At, 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 we were sort of talking about it, uh, the three of us, after... Um, after uh, Errol and the people he, he came over with left. And I think at one point, we, at least I, thought he might actually get up and walk out of the interview. And I don't know how much of that was sort of like, you know, little little drama and, 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 and sort of performance. Right. But, but yeah, he, uh, was, he was game to, to go back and forth. And yeah. And just to give a, a tiny bit of background, this uh, film is a portrait of Steve Bannon, essentially, and it has been quite controversial with people arguing that he shouldn't have gotten a platform at all, that the film um, is way you know, not critical enough of him and his beliefs and his positions and his ideology, which um, Errol Morris takes great umbrage at, right. as you'll see. <laughs> Quite a bit of umbrage. <laughs> and I think, I think it would be fair to just to sum up what he was saying there is, is he sees there, he sees the film as being implicitly extremely critical of Bannon. And I think maybe the three of us, at least on first watch, found it like extremely implicit. Like that it's, that it... I think all of our first reactions was, wow, it's just kind of Steve Bannon kind of, you know, telling us his story with a lot of sort of dramatic music and kind of, you know... Uh, Cinematic flair. Yeah, lighting, you know, dramatic lighting and stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, yeah, it was pretty wild. It was pretty wild. Well, before we get to the interview, let's take care of a little bit of business. Do you love save a do you love saving a buck by skipping the coffee shop? Sure, why not? Yeah, of course. Are you a do it yourselfer, a brew it yourselfer? So is Grady's cold brew. You asked and they delivered. Brew it yourself with Grady's New Orleans style coarse ground coffee blend. It's designed to work in any hot or cold coffee maker. So we're not just in the cold brew world here. Yeah, we're, I, in, I, we're in I, new territory. Yeah, I'm no comment on that. <laughs> one <laughs> sounds a little off. To one me, bag okay. makes 24 servings of Grady's cold brew exactly the way you want it. Order it online and receive 16 ounces of their famous blend of a 100% Arabica beans and French chicory in a resealable pouch for long-lasting freshness. Are you ready to give it a swirl? Get 20% off your first order at Grady'sColdBrew.com with promo code TPM. Or order Grady's on Amazon.com for next day delivery. Oh, there you go. Yeah, no, there's a few places. We get it, uh, um, I'm not sure where we, we, you know, we used to order it like from... 
from the source. Yeah, from Grady's. And I guess at least since it's in New York City, uh, like sometimes maybe it's a little, you know, every, everything's faster with like Amazon right, or whatever. Right. So, you know, we're part of the, the Borg, the Amazon Borg. That's right. Yeah. All right. Without further ado, here's Errol Morris. So, uh, Errol Morris, the documentary is American Dharma. It's about Steve Bannon and really about Steve Bannon. It goes into his his backstory, the 2016 election, and then goes through his abbreviated time in the Trump White House. Tell me, who do you take Steve Bannon to be? Who is, who is Do I have to check one box? Uh, well, here, here, or is this a multiple yeah. choice question? <laughs> well, here, here's, here's why I asked, because uh, it, it was, that was my question coming out of watching the documentary because, you know, you have at, at least your, your cinematic role in the documentary is very limited and kind of passive. You pipe up maybe four or five times over the course of what is the sort of the, the, the structure of the documentary is, is he's talking and you're, you know, you're sitting talking with him and there are other... Uh, I think there's a little yeah. bit more to it than that. Oh, no, I'm But not, thank you yeah. for the simplification. Well, I'm not saying there's not more to it. I'm saying that's, that, that is the most of what, what people are watching as, as they're watching the documentaries. They're listening to him speak. I'm just saying that's the spine of the documentary. I'm not saying that's, that's all there is. Um, so, but when, when I watched it, I had this sense that he seems to you... There's this conceit that he's, you know, he may be evil or crass, but he has power and he's the one who kind of created Trump or created the, 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 the world that created Trump with Breitbart and, and, and stuff like this. Um, and that he has this truth, even if maybe it's an ugly truth or maybe one we don't want to accept or even look at. That, that he has that. Is that, am I right? Is that in kind of how you see him in his role in, the, in, this, in recent American history? I'm not sure what you're talking about, that he oh. has the truth? Well, <laughs> okay. Um, a truth. A truth that's what important. is a truth? I don't even know what you're talking about. Oh, okay, all right. No, I don't think he has the truth to anything. Well, okay, but but that's that is the sense I got watching the documentary. Well, that's too goddamn bad okay. for me and for you. <laughs> well, okay. So so, but I, I I got the sense that the whole the whole the way the the way the film is shot. Um, the way it, it, his conceit, his pitch about himself, his self-presentation, yes, strikes me as un uncontested, mostly uncontested. That was the sense I got when yeah. I say that you're insane, that you're not a populist. Did you watch the movie I made? I, I absolutely did. Well, evidently you did not. I think I did. No, you didn't. Okay. Well, why did I? Why did I? Why did I? Get because that? if yeah. you tell me things are uncontested, mm -hmm. you didn't see the movie. That's why. All because right. well, he's endlessly contested in the movie. All right. Well, can I ask yeah. you a follow-up question about that? Is kind of something you said. I think in an interview with the New Yorker that 
you know, your style of interview is you're you're trying to find a way in, I think is how you phrased it. So what did you come out of it finding about Steve Bannon? A whole lot of things, but I would say principally how destructive the impulse is. Mm -hmm. It's not about creating anything. It's about destroying things. Yeah, that was my takeaway as to, to kind of with the going back to the chorus of there's going to be a revolution, it's coming any minute, there didn't seem to be much of a sense of what comes after the revolution, only that if we don't go with the wrecking ball that is Trump, it's coming upon our shores. Yep. That's the pretty wrecking ball that's Trump and the wrecking ball that is Steve Bannon as well. Right. That's pretty nihilistic do, do you, viewpoint. But it, here, it, is, it yes. is a nihilistic. I can't talk to you because you didn't see the film. But <laughs> okay. what is really In nihilistic? Fact, I did see the film. You didn't see the film. All right. Well, you can. All right. That's 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 your interpretation of my of my interpretation. I accept that. Really? I did. I I did see the film. When you say nihilistic, the center of the movie. There's a whole number of movies. We watch movies together. I guess that doesn't really fit the model of just a conversation. There's other things in it. Perhaps you didn't see them. Again, I, 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 I saw them. I saw them. To, to me, I, th- I thought the – and I don't want to let Kate keep going with her questions, but since, since you're addressing me, I, I found the um, – the 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 parts where where he you know and and for for our listeners basically these are a series of mid 20th century classic mid 20th century movies uh that have kind of mythic overtones about about the american character and about what america is and but and, they were movies picked by steve bannon for us to discuss yes right 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 um and and well those again i i when I watched it, I got a full sense of Steve Bannon's conceit about who he is in American history and what his role is and stuff like this. And uh, well, anyway, that that that's that's what I thought. But Kate was Kate was asking you a question, so I'll, I'll give it. No, back no, to her. finish the thought. Well, I i really have a question whether steve bannon is 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 really that significant a person at all so and uh, from that you decide that the film shouldn't be made no i didn't i didn't decide that at all um what i but i i i was left wondering your sense of that i mean he's He's significant. He has a role with Trump. He is part of a sort of revanchist turn in our political culture that I think is 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 very significant. Um, but I I found myself wanting to get under his conceits of his role, uh, which I, I I grant you there there are these points where at, certainly later in 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 the in the film when you get into Charlottesville and 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 stuff like that there's there's some of it, but I. I didn't find getting under his conceits about who he is. That's that's what I that's what I took from it. So what would you have liked to see? That's a good question. That's a good question. I, I don't I, I I I don't have your 
I'm not a documentary filmmaker. I I I certainly um, when I watched it, I was trying to set aside as much as I could my dislike aversion for this person because uh, obviously that's not just trashing someone doesn't really tell us anything ab- about about the subject uh, I, I guess I, I I wanted some more sense of getting under those conceits finding out challenging them finding out where they where they come from a little bit more more than his what I took as his self-presentation hard to know what to say to this um, the movies for me were a way in to understanding Bannon mm-hmm. he goes to Harvard Business School um, at the very beginning of the movie we learn that he was shown this movie, 12 O'Clock High, mm-hmm. at Harvard Business School. What they exactly make of it, I can't be entirely sure. But f- for Bannon, it's a touchstone. Um, and there's an inherent irony. Uh, I hadn't seen 12 O'Clock High when I first decided to make the movie, but I certainly saw it prior to my first interviews with Bannon. Mm -hmm. Strange film. Strange film about a general savage who is commanding his air corps uh, to almost certain death in fighting Nazi Germany. Um, Yours is not to reason. Yours is simply to go out there and kill the enemy. for Bannon, it's taken even a step further. It's for you to fulfill your destiny, right. your dharma, your duty, whatever that might be. Um, to me, there's an inherent irony that a film, a central film in the 1940s, it was made in 1949, uh, becomes the basis for his war. Uh, I see it almost as a war against America right, right, in 2016. Right. A movie about fighting fascism becomes a movie promoting fascism. fascism right, right. Um, uh, to me, the movie tells us a lot about Bannon. Um, I remember someone at the Venice Film Festival, there was a press conference, that said he learned nothing from the movie. And I surmised he learned nothing from anything. Um, uh, I can speak for myself having mm-hmm. made the movie, self-serving right. though it may be. Right. I learned an enormous amount about Bannon. Um, to extent uh, the incoherence of the ideology, if that's what you want to call it, um, the fuck you mentality behind it, I call in the movie uh-huh. Trump the fuck you president. Yeah. But I don't suppose that's challenging anything either. Well, uh, let me let, let me, me finish. Yeah. Okay. All right. I've made you defensive enough. Uh, I'm believe me, I'm still in the game. I'm still here. Um, the fuck you president because basically Trump is about saying fuck you. Uh, different from Bannon because with Trump to me there's no ideology at all. 
there's just id. Yeah, the brainstem, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. Ego, um, a desire to promote himself and his businesses, um, the desire to be constantly and unremittingly right about everything. Bannon, it's even nastier. Um, it's a threat. You do as I say or the whole world will come crumbling down like the walls of Jericho. Mm -hmm. uh, there's an anger. Um, it's almost a fuck everything anger, which I find frightening. Um, it's an apocalyptic film and it ends apocalyptically. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's maybe it's possible that because I, I like I have one. I mean, this is kind of what we do here at TPM. We follow people like Steve Bannon, uh, and uh, and I have a I have a, a, a close friend who's a journalist who who uh, literally wrote a book about him. And and so I who I've is been, this? Uh, Josh Green. Sure. Yeah, Josh is a friend of mine for 20 years. Have uh, you seen what Josh Green said about the movie? I have not. I intentionally have not looked at what anybody's. I didn't read this New Yorker thing. I like to have just my reaction to the immediate thing. I'm not you're you're, you're I'm not saying it's 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 a bad film. I'm I'm telling you and what what I what I what I meant to say here was that maybe uh in watching the film I am assuming I know that this is this thing he's overstated. It's he's, this is a kind of a bullshit line from from him. Uh, you know when he says he create basically says he created Trump's victory. Well, in fact, he came in for the last few months, and I don't you know think Trump would have Trump would have won or lost. Maybe I'm maybe I'm wanting you as 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 the as the voice of the film to kind of tell me that a little more explicitly. Maybe that's just wrong of me but that was again i what he, would you like to have been told explicitly that he came the, in in the last couple of months uh possibly i'm i'm saying maybe 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 i'm wrong he came off i took the presentation of the film he came off in more heroic terms than i expected in the the music the lighting, his discourse, his dialogue, which is which is which I took to be dominant through the through the film. It's a movie with him talking. Guess uh, yeah, what? Yeah, you are inarguably correct. Okay, all right. All Thank right. you. Small victory. For Thank me. you for noticing yeah. that. Well, you're quite welcome. I'm. I'm. I've been. I've. Uh, my mother told me when I was a little kid I was very observant. So thank you. Can I ask a thank question? You know, you had 16 hours of interviews with Steve Bannon. I'm curious, like, what was he like off camera? You know, he's someone who is both, like, accessible to the media and that he's, you know, he was on Anderson Cooper last night, I think. But it's not someone you see in, I don't know, more casual settings much. Tell me just, like, what was he like on set or when you were discussing kind of doing the project? Different Steve Bannons. The nervous Steve Bannon. Uh... The avuncular Steve Bannon. I, I don't think there's one way to describe him. Um, I've often been asked, I've asked myself this question. It's what I now call uh, the pie graph question. 
like what part is snake oil salesman, what part is true believer. And I do think that snake oil salesman comes closer to it. Uh, I think there is true belief floating around there, but it's crazy true belief. I do challenge him about his populism, challenge him about a whole lot of things in the movie. Um, And it may be the first um, interview film that I've seen that ends apocalyptically with everything burning down. Um, that, that that's true. I, but I'll, that I'll, might have gone overlooked not, as well. Oh no no no! I saw the. <laughs> I even I even caught that. I think he used a drone in the final penultimate scene, where kind of you get a flyover of the of the almost fully burned Quonset hut or whatever yes, or whatever that is. That is a drone. Yeah. Well, <laughs> say, look look! I'm not. I'm not only did I watch it, I'm a very observant watcher of films. Um, so let me ask you this though, because my my impression with from from Josh is. And the people who I know who spent a lot of time with him, notwithstanding his beliefs, they find it a little hard not to like him. He's just a kind of a gregarious guy. He's accessible and stuff like that. I'm not saying like him as a person, but kind of infectious. You I know, would kind even of, go so far as to say like him as a person, a person with deeply pernicious ideas. Um, he, uh, he's not amused, certainly, by the same things that amuse me. He was reading a book on the Great Wall of China. I guess walls are on their mind. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, and I said, well, you know, the Great Wall of China was you know, really successful. He said, how do you mean? I said, no Mexicans in China. Um, they have not a clue about how preposterous their ideas are, which maybe is true for all of us. Go figure. Yeah, that's 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 possible. That's How do you possible. call yourself a populist? Take money from right-wing billionaires, go to Harvard Business School, work for Goldman Sachs, buy and sell Hollywood movie properties. Um, man of the people. There's a kind of delusion at the heart of it. I can't tell people, I can't force people to see my movies ironically or to see irony in them Mm -hmm. if they're not inclined to do so. Mm -hmm. Uh, Well, I'm a a very literal person. I have have a hard time with irony. Is this true? (laughs) I don't think most people would say it is, but I'm I'm trying to, to, you know, kind of keep up the engagement. Humor me? (laughs) Yeah. Well, you know, I'm I'm trying to to hold my own here. Kate, well, did you have – I wanted to, yeah, I wanted to well, let one, Kate get in here. A question that I was left with at the end, I think, was how flimsy Bannon's philosophy ends up looking. Like he pretty goddamn flimsy. He has the same kind of stock phrases that you can tell he likes the ring of and words that he repeats a lot, but – Party of Davos is a favorite. Right. <laughs> but what – What's at the heart of it? What were you left with? Is this just contortions to cover up the fact that he does, by party of the working people, he means of white people, of white men, of some somehow this like working class hero that he fashions himself despite the fact that he's, you know, been at the boardroom tables that he discusses. I was just left with, you know, he said we either disrupt or there's a revolution. So what's the what what is the heart of it? What does he really want? Power, attention, 
and yet he's willing to be the false staff in this situation. He is willing to be something. He sees himself as a behind-the-scenes standard bearer for God knows what. Um, he is like some strange wizard of Oz. The ideology doesn't make sense. It isn't coherent. Um, so what then really is being promoted? Anti-globalism? What, what I was, what I was uh, struck by there, what, what, what I see at least in Bannon, is there is this kind of err resentment, you know, a kind of a grievance resentment politics worldview and trying. I think that's correct. And, and, but also trying to kind of place himself and his sort of notional followers in the role of these, you know, kind of uh, ordinary virtuous downtrodden people who are constantly being be, being aggrieved by some other group whether it's the elites or the dava all this kind of stuff i mean he has that what is it there there's um in the end where uh i think it's a, a kubrick film about world war is it about world war one of glory right okay uh world war one right so so in and talking about he has the this language that sort of the deplorables are the people they're living with rats and they're you know they're 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 they are they are not even being oppressed by the elites they're 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 what it is and and i was listening to this and here i i grant you i didn't think this was the this was the this was the voice of the film but you're sort of like dude what are you talking about like this is it's it's he he has this uh and they're kind of like is he just listening to him, himself speak is it's it's so overdrawn and sort of wow but but that that is what seems to be the or thing with Steve Bannon, with the whole political movement. It's it's a it's a grievance and resentment politics at its core. That is the sort of the that's that's the score of it. The libretto kind of changes and almost doesn't matter. You know whether it's this elite or that elite. It's the people with the grievances against the bad people, and that and that's the that's the consistency. Everything else is can be mixed and matched and doesn't have to you know can change from day to day and doesn't really matter. Let me let me ask you this. Did uh I don't know exactly when the film was filmed, but did and and you get at this towards the end that he's, you know, kind of now gone on to Europe and he's trying to kind of take the show to Europe, but there's just recently there was this thing where he's trying to what what take over this defunct monastery in in Italy to kind of run like a a uh, populist nationalist boot camp and stuff. Did did you think about getting more into that part of Bannon's history, or did again? I don't know when 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 you put the film together, so maybe it's actually before that. But did did you think of getting more into that as as part of the film? No. Okay. All right. That's straightforward. When when did when did like when did the interview take place? What we see there in the film. When was that roughly? Two books came out. Um, one was Joshua Green's book, Devil's Disciple. And the other was Michael Wolff's book, Fire and Fury. Um, they came out. Uh, I read both of them. Uh, as presented in Fire and Fury, I don't take this as being an oracular presentation of history, but Bannon emerges as the leaker, the guy who's telling the inside story about the Trump White House. Um, and 
this is independent of whether you think uh, Bannon is a fatuous ass, whether you hate him or like him, whatever. He was instrumental in the Trump victory. Yes, he wasn't, you know, a campaign manager throughout the Trump campaign. He came in as a Johnny-come-lately. Right. But as a Johnny-come-lately, he made an extraordinary difference in that campaign. And it comes, ironically enough, out of this movie about fighting fascism. Now it becomes a movie, I suppose, promoting fascism. (laughs) Um, you know, you go up there and you kill the enemy. Bannon has his speech um, uh, after the Access Hollywood tape. Uh, you're either on the campaign plane, it leaves at 10 o'clock. You're either on it or you're off the campaign. Right, that was like to Christie, right? Direct that was Chris Christie. Christie. Yeah. This is right out of 12 o'clock high. This right, is right. General Savage speaking to his troops. Mm-hmm. And it is an insane ideology. Um, when you see Bannon, I think there are remarkable things in this film. Good Lord. If you don't notice them, I have to slap you around <laughs> a little bit. Well, there is that yeah. scene. Wait just one okay, second. Okay, I'm waiting. I'm waiting. When you see um, the reporters filing into that room, this is before the second debate. Yeah. There are the Clinton yeah. accusers yeah. sitting there. Bannon has this smile on his face. It's disgusting. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. the cat who swallowed the canary. Glee. Yep. Destructive, insane glee. And what happens? It works. It's amazing. I would say amazing and frightening. There's an ad that I put in American Dharma. I find it to be one of the most disturbing and powerful political ads. I guess you didn't notice it. The one with Hillary and about the... Yes, indeed. So what did they do? Uh, Someone said to me, you know, the 2016 election was really not about sex. Or if it was about sex, it was about something different. I don't think it was about glass ceilings. I think it was about something deeper and uglier, uh, far uglier. So when they run this ad, what's the ad? The ad is connecting Wiener with Hillary's emails. Mm I often think to myself, wouldn't it be ironic if Western civilization was brought down by one man's irresistible <laughs> need to post pictures to the internet of his penis? Yeah. Wouldn't it be interesting if that's what destroys Western civilization in the end? The minute they started running these ads, mm-hmm. um, Hillary's emails... Wiener's dick pics, what kind of a pervert would have this kind of a ra- person around them in any way, shape, or form? Right. Uh, almost for me, she was done for. There's a kind of, and we're all aware of what's going, politics has become crazier, stupider, uglier, and you wonder what kind of defense 
is there from any of this? And I'm not sure what kind of defense there is. I'm not sure at all. But I made this movie, stupid, stupid me, thinking that by showing all of this, it might cause people to reflect on it, to think about it. And maybe if you don't want it to happen all over again, do something. Well, that that uh, let me let me ask, since we have since we have conducted this interview with an unreliable narrator, i.e., me. Uh, what about but, me? Well, no, I, I'm 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 operating within your conceits here. Uh, David is telling me we're coming to the end of the time we have allotted. So, for our listeners, what is the what should they know about this film? Just tell us get the basic uh, brief. Uh, what should they know about it? These are the people that brought you the 2016 election. And for me, it was one of the most horrific moments during my lifetime. A nightmare. Still is. Still is. Yeah. If people can't forget where they were the day that JFK was assassinated, they'll never forget where they were the day that Donald Trump was elected to the presidency of the United States. I think looking at this guy, I mean, it's really, really easy to say the guy is shallow, his ideology is inchoate or incoherent or nonsensical. Um, I don't think he's that important. That's a good one. I don't think he's not important, so why do I have to look at him? Well, yes, he is that important, and yes, you do have to look well, at him. Well, Wait okay. one second. Well, no, no, no. Wait, no, no, you, no, okay. no, well, no. I'll let no. you go, and then I'll come in. Um, to ignore this is to ignore it at all of our peril. I don't ignore this. You're talking to everybody in every, – all three of us work in a publication that is specifically devoted to not ignoring this stuff. We are the ones Good. who, who before there was Trump, all the stuff that was anticipating Trump for a decade and a half before Trump were pointing to those things and saying these things are much more important. You think they're just kind of fringe, ridiculous things. They're actually what's driving politics. So when Trump came along, when Bannon came along, it wasn't a surprise to any of us. So we're not saying we, we're not saying the whole thing is not important. I'm I'm certainly not saying that. Uh, in any case, I feel like contention aside, we have we have we have created a lot of reason for people to to see the film. But it's obviously got us arguing. So I think we've accomplished our, our task here. Absolutely. Well, thank you. You're quite welcome. Kate, before we go, did you have another question? I, I, I held more time here than I wanted to. I guess just the most lingering scene for me was when you watch the Falstaff scene and then you discussed it and he, his interpretation just left me so, I don't know, impossibly sad almost that he could see that scene and feel well, or at least convince himself that that's him and that that was some kind of, you know, he'd done his duty, right? And that was him lying on the floor at the king's feet is a triumph. So how in the world can he still see himself as this kingmaker, you know, the successful point of power when Trump tossed him aside like he was nothing? Uh, I made at this point... um on the verge probably of senescence. I've made a few movies. One consistent theme in all of the things I've done is self-deception. If you like their extended essays about self-deception, 
Um, I would say this is no different in that respect. Uh, it's an extended movie about Bannon's self-deception. And for me, that cornerstone moment from Chimes at Midnight, thank you very, very much, is a really significant moment in the film. Because I look at it. Maybe movies can mean anything. Maybe movies mean whatever you want them to mean. But in this scene, uh, Orson Welles, playing Sir John Falstaff, is groveling at the feet of Henry V, newly crowned King of England, uh, rejected by Henry V, banished essentially from the kingdom. Um, uh, Falstaff, who has tutored him, encouraged him, brought him up and prepared him for the crown, uh, is now kicked into the dirt. Um, at least that's how I see it. Bannon, not so much. For him, it's a triumph. Maybe it's all a triumph. Maybe destruction is a triumph. Maybe this is that crazy Orwellian world where things mean the opposite of what they should mean. That victory is defeat and vice versa. It's a crazy Alice in Wonderland world. Um, I worry, and you make me even more worried. Thank you. You're quite welcome. Um, that the irony is too subtle, that somehow this time around my essay on self-deception, you know, am I immune to deceiving myself about my own work? Not so much. I'm as vulnerable as the next guy. But it made me think of how out of touch people can really be. I can be a fascist. I can be beating up on poor people and yet see myself as a champion of the poor. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I can be involved in the most seriously racist kinds of actions and see myself not as a racist at all. How many times did Bannon say to me, um, all you have to be, this is not about race, religion, creed, blah, blah, blah. As long as you're an American citizen, uh, you know, we're going to work on your behalf. We're going to protect you. Um, he's a guy living in a kind of strange self-conceived bubble. And I find it really, really scary. All the crazy war movies. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, someone said to me, the kinds of criticisms that you've made, by the way, I'm not a stranger to okay. because right. I have heard them before. Someone said to me, um, in all of your previous movies, whether it was your movie about McNamara, Fog of War, a movie about Donald Rumsfeld, The Unknown Known, you somehow paint a picture of your central character, protagonist, whatever you want to call them, differently than how they would see themselves. And here you did not. Bannon sees himself as a heroic figure, and you portray him as a heroic figure. Well, yes and no. 
he certainly does see himself as a heroic figure, as a revolutionary, maybe as a crypto-Leninist, mm -hmm. a guy mm -hmm. you know traveling to the Finland station, waiting to bring it all down and right. usher in the new. Um, I think there's something deeply crazy, destructive, and unheroic about all of it. Um, Pan in his crazy triple shirt, his fat suit, um, uh, champion of the people. For me, it's one of the best things I've ever done, but I, as I pointed out before, can be just as self-deceived as the next guy. Um, I, I, I wouldn't say that. This is what I was this is what I was getting at at the beginning when I said that when I when I watched it, I felt he was it's that heroic conceit he has about himself. Absolutely. That he's that he's kind of one of these characters from these, you know, from these mid century mid 20 mid 20th century American cinema. Uh, it's a little it, British cinema in there too, but yes. Little. Well, you know, I'm, I'm not not very cultured, so you got to give me cut me some slack. Uh, yes. Um, and 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 that that sense of his being a heroic sort of historic figure even if a very evil one kind of came through to me in a way that like oh is he really that's what that's what kind of threw me at at, at moments in the film there's this impulse uh, it came a little bit as a surprise not as a total surprise uh, when I was making the film I thought I was trying to do good I was trying to weigh in on the midterm elections and on the 2020 election because I find all of this disturbing and frightening and unpleasant. Um, my intention was not to create a portrait of an American hero. Far, far from it. Um, yeah, when, I, I when I see him out on that runway in 12 o'clock high, I see a guy who wants to be a hero really badly. Mm -hmm. But something you said made me think seriously about this. He, um, he wants to be a hero so very, very, very badly. But this whole model does not sit well with him for many reasons. You don't want him to be the architect of the 2016 election. That's one of the first things he said to me. After all, he was campaign manager at the very end. He wasn't campaign manager at the very beginning. After all, we had the blessed Paul Manafort and mm -hmm. others. Yeah. Shouldn't they be given right. credit for this right. debacle as well? Right, 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 right. Um, but alas, he does take credit and not incorrectly so. He takes credit for some historical monstrosity mm -hmm. to the election of Donald Trump to the presidency, the successful selling of the Access Hollywood tape, the craziness over the emails, the insanity that turned our democracy into some farce. He is at the heart of that. I, I, I don't that. see it like you didn't ask me, but 
could you please ask me, okay. Mr. Mars, yes. Errol, yes, Errol, do you see this as heroic? Do you see this as heroic? Even, but, uh, but asterisk, I don't mean heroic in that sense. Evil people can be, her, can be cast in heroic terms. I don't mean in the, in the sense of a positive. I don't, I don't, he doesn't, I did not uh, see in the film that he is cast as a, as a, as a, as a hero. I mean the sort of mythic, cinematic self-conception that he has. Just that sense of I'm, I'm, I, I, I'm like this heroic, I'm, I'm like this hero in this movie and I Bridge thought, Over the River Kwai and stuff. I, that, that's what I'm talking about. Not wanna, that you thought, saw him as a positive figure. No, I didn't, I didn't get okay. that at all. Um, I hate to bring Josh Green into this. He did love the movie. And he was one of the people who first made me aware of which movies Bannon liked most of all. Um, I Look for a Way In. With Rumsfeld, it was his unending snowflakes and yellow perils, his graphomania, his mm-hmm. need to write fortune cookies on everything. Right. To me, that was my way in. It's not a hit piece on Rumsfeld. You might think of it as a deeper kind of hit piece on Rumsfeld. It's not a hit piece on McNamara. Mm-hmm. Not a hit piece on Stephen K. Bannon. Yeah, and, and, and I don't think we need a hit piece on Stephen K. Maybe, Bannon, I think. No, I, I think a lot of people feel quite the contrary. That no, see, what is needed is well, a hit you know, piece he, on Stephen here, K. Here, Bannon. Here's the thing, though, because when we, when we scheduled this interview, um, one of my colleagues said, well, you know, there's a lot of criticism of this that maybe a, a movie like this shouldn't be made because, you know, the whole deplatforming. Like, maybe let's not I talk should, about him. Why, why and ki- I don't agree with that. Kill, I don't I agree mean, with that at all. Kill the messenger. You know, it's a, it's a popular kind of thing. You have an opportunity to shoot me in your offices right now. Well, no, see, but, pr- see, but see, that's the thing. I, I that whole, I, uh, what we do here in this, this organization, the whole idea that things we ignore don't matter or will go away Everything we do is based on that that is a, a totally false and destructive and idiotic idea. Thank you. And yet, so, I, so that wasn't my, I, I think we should, you know, I totally disagree with that. So the idea that kind of like just, you know, kind of usher him off the stage, we don't need to, I don't, I don't agree with that. And I also don't, you know, what would, you know, it'd be easy to do a film that just, you know, kind of catches him out on every point and just makes him look stupid and kind of like, what does that accomplish? I, 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 I agree, agree with you there. I find him, I do, in some ways, you know, I think he's more significant to the 2016 election for the backdrop that he created in in the three or four years previous through Bart, Breitbart, sure. Then the, then those which is certainly part two, of the story. Two, no, absolutely, absolutely. The angry voices, yes, yes, channeling the internet in a way that people didn't see clearly. Like right. the comment section and yeah, like yeah, the yeah, comment yeah. section in Breitbart. His whole interest in gaming. Mm-hmm. That you know that part when you know when there was that there's that little segment where kind of pre Bitcoin sort of thing. You know with these credits. I remember these days. Okay, yeah, I had friends who got deep into the. You know, it's <laughs> funny. I thought and 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 it's it's sort of hinted at there. You you kind of get a feel for the GamerGate stuff that comes Absolutely. later in that you know kind of. 
20-something uh, men, you know, kind of in these little, like, you know, uh, 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 you know, just that world, that, that world of sort of poorly socialized, angry young men and how there's sort of this underbrush in the internet that kind of flames out of control in the 20s, but it's just sort of hinted at there. I mean, that's, you know, not, every, not everything has to become the subject of the movie, but that, that was, uh, that's, what, that's what that made me think about. Anyway, we are, we, are, we, are, we are over our time that we are allowed to have you. So, Errol uh, Morris, uh, thank you. you know, we, we have, we've met each other by, by uh, a, a contentious conversation, but I have enjoyed it. I and, enjoyed it, too. Um, I, 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 I recommend the film because I felt very challenged by it. Like challenged by it, not just in – like challenged by it like I was – well, I, people should watch it because I'm curious what, what they take from it. And I think I, I have to imagine that, that – people will experience very different films depending on what they know about him going in. Maybe so. So, anyway, thank you so much. Thank you. Uh, I've enjoyed it. Thank okay, you. Thank okay. You. Yep, bye-bye. Okay, well, we weren't kidding. It, it, was, a little, it was a little contentious. But, you know, a, like afterwards, at least, I, I talked to Errol for maybe 15 minutes after the show, and like now we're like best friends, basically. Yeah, yeah. Um, we kind of bonded over Josh Green. Yeah, he probably he likes to mix it up. It seems like and yeah, kind of get into yeah. it, and so yeah. And it's funny. I don't think I don't think we've ever had. I mean, usually we, we we at least in 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 recent months we don't usually have a non-staff guest, so we're not used to sort of like an, an alien presence. That's in, true in, in, in <laughs> That's the true. podcast studio. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it could, we, you know, um, it, yeah, we're not kind of <laughs> we're not used to that kinetic yep. uh, recording session. What, what did you think, Kate? Did you have any yeah, uh, concluding thoughts? You know, like we were kind of talking a little bit offline, I wish that we had had him for longer, that he didn't get his back so up to the criticism, which I think was a little surprising because it's not at all unique criticism or one that he hasn't been used to hearing. It's It's been lodged in almost every review written about the movie. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I... I would say that there are some more substantive stuff that I wish we had a time to get into, but you know, it, it, it gets more in that direction towards the end. Right, right, right. Um, after you know, every you know, everyone was coaxed out of their corners a little bit. But, yeah, um, I felt like three quarters of the episode was just kind of like, all right, let's let's all chill down here. <laughs> yeah, let's kind of like lower the temperature. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, well, like you yeah. said, Josh. I mean, people should. You know, if you follow politics closely, I think you will find the, the film interesting. And, you know, whether you love it or hate it or however you feel about Steve Bannon, I think, you know, it's it's an interesting piece. And, and, and it definitely, you know, it's, it's funny. One thing I was going to say to him, uh, and I didn't get a chance to, is that, again, if you take that one impression of mine, which is sort of like, wow, kind of, you, you know, it's his story, kind of in his words and his conceits and all that kind of stuff. That, you know, because Bannon, as as he says in the film, at least alleges that he was inspired by uh, Morris to sort exactly. of get into doing documentary films. But his documentary <laughs> films are these, as you'd expect with Bannon, these kind of like crude, like just, just you know, what you'd expect from someone who's involved with Breitbart, We're basically. blended with like agitprop. Yeah, and, and, yeah. Just, and just even like production quality, very like kind of... You know, and 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 in in Morris's films, I mean, they are 
even though Bannon is the content, they are very beautiful films, right? They're just, and and that was in some ways what I was getting at that you, that in those moments where I felt it was sort of the the un you know unreviewed, unchallenged, you know, kind of Bannon self story. It was what wait what made it hard for me. It was it was the Bannon self story with all the cinematic excellence of Errol Morris, right? With the kind of you know because for 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 our listeners who haven't seen it, it's in this kind of like it's filmed it's like an, a hangar, yeah, like a kind of a Quonset hut kind of thing that has the feeling of sort of like you know we're doing the briefing before the bombing run. We're not going to come back sort of from thing, right? tomorrow kind of thing. And all of that, and because it, it is, it's, it, it's, it's just beautiful in, in, in you know, cinematographic uh, uh, terms. So in, in, in those moments when I felt that way, I felt that Ban was kind of getting the best of both worlds. Right. I think, I think Errol's point about the irony that he meant to have running through it is present in those beautiful cinematic shots. The, the idea of the, the bunker, the preparing for war, almost takes on a you know, a patina of humor if you think of, like, how self-delusional he is. You know, what what army do you have at your disposal? You were tossed out of the White House, and now you're running around Europe trying to stir up a far-right mm-hmm. movement. And even Breitbart is significantly diminished from a year or two ago, traffic-wise, I think, influence. A know, publication that. that got its start in the most crude, pathetic, embarrassing way, you know? <laughs> I mean, it's... He is... Uh, you know, really the Manchurian candidate here. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, right. uh, uh, remember uh, Grady's Cold Brew Ice Coffee. Um, I don't, well, I, I know it by heart, Grady'sColdBrew.com, and the promo code is TPM. That's right. If you want to uh, get, I think it's 20% off. That's your right. First order. It's like it's like imprinted, imprinted in my brain. <laughs> and remember, uh, subscribe to TPM. So uh, we will be back next week with more episodes. See you then. Thanks. Bye.